All right, let's get this over with. Join Yes Have Some podcast every Friday night for Midnight Mando, the Mandalorian After Show, 12 a.m. Eastern, only on YouTube. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags. The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi master. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Yes, Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. It is November 11th, 2020, which means this year's almost over. We're getting there. Yeah, trying. We're trying, but that's cool. Abigail Gardner, what's up? Uh, hey, hey, y'all. It's good to be here. <laughs> it is good to be here. And uh, Jacob Walsh, what what's going on with you? What, what are you even doing down there? I never know what, what? you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, like working um hanging out at work or at home watching survivor um that's about it sounds You're, like a good life sounds like a good life um it's fine i've literally never watched survivor should i start it's great yeah it's great. i watched it like the got, first two or three seasons i got cbs all access oh cool so there's like 45 full seasons on there Nice. Let me ask you this. If I was going to watch Survivor, would I start at the beginning or does it matter? It does. Well, it doesn't matter, but definitely the show changes because like in the first couple of seasons, it's a little more just about people, uh, you know, making it through to the end of the show. But a couple seasons in people start learning that they have to like be sneaky and, and like, if you, if you watch like a season now, first day people are like trying to make alliances with each other and they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna like it's super it's like a super social sneaky show now okay as opposed to people know how to started. like game it and like play off each yeah. other probably more because they've yeah. watched other seasons what's that they probably watched the old seasons, so it's like or, they yeah, learn everybody how to everybody maneuver. who's on it exactly everybody who's on it watch it knows everything about Survivor, so mm-hmm. it's like that stuff starts happening and then they know how they got to play to make it through. So how would we but, do, but I mean, start wherever you want. Like it's not Craig, they're not in continuity with each other. It's right. not like, so nothing's going to happen in season 10. I'm like, well, I don't get it. Yeah, no, you'll be good. You can just watch where, just pick one. I am. Um, okay. Out of the three of us who would do the best and who would do the worst and who would do the middle <laughs> on survivor. <laughs> I know I want to say I'd do the best, I would but wa- I know I wouldn't. I know I'd probably be the first out. I think I could handle the psychological aspects of like outwitting people, but as soon as like it came to like physical, I'd be like, I'm out, well, going home. Yeah, but the physical. Yeah, but you know what the 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 physical games they are like. So the, the first half of the show, the games are a little more physical, a little more like running, but a lot a lot of the games are always like 
the first half of the game will be like maybe a running challenge or something, but then the second half is always like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Challenge. Once, once you get to the merge, so you start with like two or three tribes of people, but after you voted so many out, they just mix everybody together into one tribe. Yeah. I okay. Once once they do that, the games are no longer these like physical things. They're more like endurance kind of games where it's like who can who can stand in this position and hold this. That's. Belt? longest that's where i'm out (laughs) i'm there for physical challenges like i consider myself you know physically fit also very motivated and competitive but when it comes to like the here sit in this box isolated from people or whatever like that kind of a mental challenge i'm just like nope have i told you guys about uh the time i tried to i've got so many of these stories i should probably start doing one a week so i used to win stuff off the radio all the time like in high school i would like 99x call in i would win concert tickets i won a gavin rossdale signed guitar i won tickets all the time when abby and i started dating i was like don't worry i can get us tickets to anything she's like oh do you have a connection i'm like i win stuff off the radio it's kind of my thing (laughs) uh and I was impressed because you did you won like uh, Lakers um, Hawks tickets. I'm so impressed that I remembered those Thank two you. teams. Thank by you. the way, thanks. Um, Good job, so I, I used to win stuff off the radio, but I would try to do like the 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 big radio stations in Atlanta would always do like this was like peak Survivor, like Amazing Race type, you know, early 2000s, and they did this one where like at Lenox mall, they had like a VW bug they were giving away. And it was like, who could live in the bug the longest with like five other people. I tried so hard to get in on that. Cause I was like, I don't have a job. I have nothing to do. I'll go I listened, live in a bug. I listened in on that. Cause like, I remember it, but I, I would not like, I can't. Yeah. Five people in a bug. Yeah. It was a lot. I mean, two people I think tapped out like day one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hey, are we now, the world's number one survivor podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bet there's some pretty hardcore survivor podcasts. Oh yeah, I'm sure there are. Actually yeah. that one guy who was a pro wrestler. Oh God. What's his name? Not, not, um, I'm going to look up. Cause I remember a few specific- mayor of slam town. <laughs> um, not, not Johnny. Uh, uh, what's his face? Not him, but the okay. other, there's another famous like survivor kind of pro- pro wrestling guy who has a podcast anyways boring um jake have i told you my red hot chili peppers ticket story um i don't know i don't think so <laughs> i think it's time for you to share is it time for me to share yes. by the way we're doing star wars hot takes that's the this episode we're <laughs> this, gonna get there it's the, this is the warm-up it's, it's y'all a star wars episode this is a star wars episode let me tell my my little story and then we'll, we'll pivot towards yhs style um we don't have a format we're we, we've been doing this way too long to to care about talking about what we said we're going to talk about um 19 no 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 2002 2003 something like that red hot chili peppers put out their new album by the way it was the one that had that that song by the way everybody remembers that song oh okay you know by the way yeah that one yeah that's a good song the one's like steak knife that one nachos um big album and it was 99x's 10th anniversary so they were going to have this red hot chili peppers concert at the tabernacle in atlanta the only which is a small venue for such a big band and i was obsessed with rhcp at this time in my life i don't know what that says about me good band anyways the red hot um I've always liked them. I worked with a girl who called them the Red Hot. And I was <laughs> Not, like, I think you're the only person who does Most that. people would be, call them the Chili Peppers as yeah. a short short. And she said, oh, I like the Red Hot. Um, maybe she was talking about candy. I, I don't Back know. to my story. The only way you could get tickets to this concert 
It was, uh, you had to win them. They did not sell them. So they were giving away tickets like every hour on the hour for weeks. I called, I tried. It was like the hottest ticket in town. And I was determined to go to this damn concert. Two days before the show, they do a thing where they said, we're looking for the hardcore Red Hot Chili Peppers fans. Bring you into the studio and there's going to be a game. It's like basically like a version of strip poker. Three contestants, they play a clip from a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. You have to identify the song. They only play like three seconds of the song. And if you miss it, you have to take off an article of clothing. And then whoever has the most clothes on at the end wins the tickets. Well, of course, I signed up and I went and I did it. Yeah. I did it. Did you win? I don't know if that's like, but I don't know if that's impressive that you won or like kind of embarrassing that you know Red Hot Chili Peppers that well. Okay, here it goes. I was impressed and I'm still to this day impressed by that story. Here's here's what happened. I get there. It's me. I'm like 19. It's me, some girl, and some guy. I immediately think like, oh shit, I'm going to lose. The guy has a Red Hot Chili Peppers tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. It's a, oh, su- it's a super fan. Mm. Um, not a very good one, by the way. And Not a very good fan either. If you so won. what it was is they had like call him up, call get him on the line. They had like like seventy five like songs, and you had to pick a number at random, and whatever song it was, they would play it, and you had to identify it. Well, the first two people go. They were songs I did not know, deep cuts off the albums. I was like, oh shit, I am so fucked. I'm like, Craig, pick number twelve, and of course it's like. Sometimes I feel like I was like uh, under the bridge. Like I was like, Oh my God, I got their most popular song. (laughs) And it happened like that throughout the game. I did end up completely naked Mm. besides my socks in front of these two other people in the studio with Barnes, Leslie and Jimmy. But I ended up getting all the easy songs and I won the tickets. But you, did you just say you ended up naked, but you won the tickets. I was completely naked except for my socks in the radio studio with a naked woman and another naked man. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I'm impressed now. Are you, I'm not lying. Are not. you just... Hold on. Hold on. I Are you vouch. just telling a story from private parts? No. <laughs> no, but that's great. <laughs> I did not swallow a kielbasa. Uh-huh. What I'm saying, though, it is... Does, it literally sounds like... Well, Howard Stern was obviously an inspiration for Barnes, Leslie, and Jimmy, which, by the way, The Morning X was a show that I listened to all the time, Leslie Fram, badass, all that stuff. So I remember listening. I didn't know Craig back then, but I remember listening in on those um, morning shows where they'd have little competitions and shit yeah. like that. And I ended up naked, but I won the tickets and I went to the concert and it was amazing. Well, that's amazing. That was my Red Hot Chili Pepper story. Very hey, cool. If you guys have never gotten naked at the radio station, I thought you guys were. By the way, there's no, no way I would do that now. My anxiety. <laughs> I didn't have anxiety then. Well, no one's at the radio station anymore. It would just be you. <laughs> it would just be me at the podcast studio. Yeah. Um, we will not be holding a similar giveaway there will be no why just no listeners strip anything come on down YHS to our universe. living room and take off your clothes uh that will not be happening yeah. anyways uh-huh. uh jake how's your week man after that story how's your week uh, how is your week i was thinking fine, how it's your good week? it's just it's it's chill good 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 it's good a chill good. week cool man mm. Sorry, I did want to say before we move on to Star Wars stuff, make sure you're tuning in Friday nights on YouTube to Midnight Mando, our Mandalorian after show. We've been having a lot of fun doing that. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm ready to get into these Star Wars hot takes. Um, Basically, what we did, we went to Yes Have Some Group Therapy, 
and which is our official Facebook group. And we asked for Star Wars hot takes that we could react to. And then we each came up with our own. I'm pretty excited about this. I feel like with Mandalorian out, Star Wars is on everybody's mind. And it's been a while since we've done one of these kind of Q&A hot take type things. So uh, people seem to enjoy them. I'm ready to get started. Are uh, you guys? Oh, yeah. Yippee! Let's do it. <laughs> I can tell my radio story again. Okay. <laughs> Please um, don't. Well. I liked it, though. Thank you. It was good. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the entire thread. We're going to read your comments, and we are going to react, and then we will sprinkle in our own hot takes. Here we go. Alexander Wolfgang Teets. Uh, now, don't forget, Alexander uh, is the member of Group Therapy who is a huge Back to the Future fan and has an actual DeLorean. So um, he's bringing the heat. He says, Back to the Future is a far superior trilogy than any of the Star Wars trilogies. Mm. I'm going to spit my coffee out. I feel like that's a pretty hot take. Jake, uh, what's well, a hot take? What, what, yeah, it's, your, a hot, it's a hot one. What's your gut reaction to that? Um, My gut reaction to that is maybe to cry. Um, No. <laughs> it, so Back to the Future is, I would say, one of the greatest trilogies of all time. I don't think it's greater than the original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. It doesn't. I don't know. I echo that sentiment. No, I think he's wrong. I think. <laughs> I think he's. I think it's better than maybe. I think it's better than maybe like two out of three of the Star Wars trilogies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Abigail. Yeah, it's got merit, but it definitely has like weak points and like issues I think specifically in back to the future three and even two. Um, and I love two cause I think it's bloated and I love three even for, you know, kind of it's ridiculous reasons, but it doesn't compare to the original star Wars three. I, I, I wonder though. Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder if I would feel that way. If say I was the age I am now 35 years old and I, had not seen Star Wars or Back to the Future and watched both trilogies, you know, like back to back. I wonder how I would feel. Like Star Wars is one of those things we kind of grew up with and Back to the Future to an extent, but Star Wars just has always felt like a bigger a bigger thing and a bigger force and there's more to it and I and I wonder if maybe that's why that's the way we we lean towards. I mean, if you th that's the way. It's it it's hard because if you had like a six or seven year old kid and you just sat him down and he watched a new hope for the first time and then back to the future for the first time, you got to think there's a chance he might like back to the future more. Um, maybe, maybe, but it's like back, but star Wars has all the creatures and yeah. there's like lightsabers and you know, back to the future just has as doc Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I think star Wars is more appealing to a kid. I think Star Wars is more appealing to a kid. Maybe as an adult watching them, yeah. you might say, oh, Back to the Future is maybe put together a little better. But I mean, I personally, Back to the Future, I don't know. The, that trilogy is one of my all-time favorites. I love it. I would say I I love Star Wars. I really, really like Star Wars. So I, I, it's hard for me to put. It's weird. When I rank my favorite movies, I never consider any of the individual Star Wars movies like in my top five, but maybe they should be. But back to the future has always been my number one or number two favorite movie. So, um, it's hard. I, I do think back to the future is an incredible trilogy. I think it's hard to say it's better than, you know, a new hope 
Empire and Return of the Jedi. But I think it I think it gets pretty damn close. And obviously yeah. it's better than the prequel or sequel trilogy. Like no, mm-hmm. no doubt about I'll, that. I'll say I'll say I'll say it's a hot take, but it's a respectable hot take. Okay, respectable hot take. I respe- yeah, I respect it. Moving and on. I, yeah, moving, moving on. on. Although I, I want to see a standalone Crispin Glover Star Wars movie. That's what I want. Um, Jamil Payne, friend of the podcast, says Return of the Jedi is the purest form of Star Wars. I'm going to start this one off, and I'm just going to say yes. I echo that. <laughs> I almost wrote that as one of my hot takes before I went through and read those first. And is that a? I think it's a fact. How is that a hot take though? I think it is because there there's still you got to remember there's still like Star Wars fans that are maybe 10 years older than us, mid 40s and up. <laughs> Return of the Jedi was pretty controversial when it came out. They thought it was bloated, they hated the Ewoks, mm-hmm. they hated the commercialism. Jake, I know you love Return of the Jedi. Tell, talk to me about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for a while, for a long time, Return of the Jedi was not my number one favorite film until the last time I went back and watched. I've always kind of jumped back and forth between the three. There have been times in my life that all three of those movies I thought were my favorite Star Wars movie. But the last time I went through all them, I was like, oh, no, Return of the Jedi is hands down the best. Like, it is hands down easily the best Star Wars movie. And I believe that. And I... And watching them, it almost feels like, well, duh, of course it is. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah. that that's why that doesn't seem like a hot take to me, because it's like, of course it's the pure. It is <laughs> the Star Wars movie where Luke, you know, prevails and 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 pulls Anakin back to the good side. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, right. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm so dumb. You know what I was just thinking in my head? In my head, I went man, two Star Wars ones in a row. Then I was like, oh, this is all this Star Wars. This is Star Wars hot takes? You were the one who programmed this. That <laughs> <laughs> was weird. You requested. Oh. I would say that Return of the Jedi is the argument against um, Back to the Future being the best trilogy franchise because I think that Return of the Jedi stands out so much and I love it so much that I could never think of it. I mean, it, it has so it. much. You know, you've got these really poignant scenes with Luke and Yoda. You've got um, the first 25 minutes of that movie Jabba's palace, all the creatures, the mm-hmm. Rancor, the Katana, Boba Fett dying, the uh, the Sarlacc pit. And then, you know, you've got Lando dressed as a skiff guard. Like the first 20 minutes of that movie are pure Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the battle on Endor is so iconic and all the stuff with the Ewoks. Uh, I agree. Jamil, I agree. Um, moving on. By the way, I watch Return of the Jedi like twice a week. <laughs> Yeah. Like on it's always on. <laughs> it is so rewatchable. It's always in our um TV. It's always in our TV. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Our VHS playing TV. In the TV. It's, it's in- always inside of our TV. Uh Chris Jacobs, the prequels actually had story and character development and bad effects, and the sequels had great effects with no story or character development. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Um I I don't know how hot of a take that is, but Abby, I'll I'll go to you first since you haven't started us off yet. Then we'll go to Jake. Ugh, I don't know that I'd say that there was really great as much as I love Watto and Jar Jar and <laughs> and Padme and all that and Anakin. Um, for kind of the hokiness factor of it, I don't think that they're superior characters to what we got in the sequels, and I am very upset. But well, with- hold on, he, we're talking specifically comparing character development of the prequel trilogy okay. and the, the sequel, sequel trilogy: Ray, Finn, Poe Dameron, Kylo Ren. Like there was more time dedicated to telling Padman and Anakin's story than there was to 
Ray, Finn, and like Poe playing things. I, I could maybe. Um, I'm trying to like honestly compare the two. Um, I think the effects are obviously fantastic in the um in the sequels. And I think there was a lot of good intention put into those characters. I don't think that I almost have to like hold the last Jedi in a different category from the force awakens, because I feel like the force awakens had some really decent character development that just got off track. So it's, I don't think it's that easy to agree with that statement. I think it's a tricky thing. Jake. Well, the, the thing is that it's, it's sort of, it's almost sort of a not fair uh, observation just because the prequel trilogy uh, you know, had one mind behind them and and one mind who knew what he wanted to do for all three films. And we've talked about it over and over and over. The biggest, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, factor, the biggest factor to the, you know, the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy is the fact that they just let people do whatever they want and didn't have a, you know, like Force Awakens definitely sets up a lot of really good character stuff. And we definitely, like, with Finn and Ray, there's a lot of stuff that they really set up that did not play out the way it could have. And and I can, and I can, and I think I maybe agree with that hot take, you know? And and I don't think it's a, I don't know. I, I think I can agree with that hot take, but it's it's strictly because they fucked up and they let people, they just let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wants and then had to change it and then had to yeah. retcon this. And then they listened Waste to too many fame. fans. So they changed it. It's just turned into like a mess as opposed to just George Lucas doing whatever weird shit he wants to do for three. Right. It was at least for a better vision. or for worse. Whatever right? kind of vision it was, it was at least yeah, a for vision. better or for worse or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think, um, um, Al, will you click, turn up your microphone just a little bit. It's, uh, nope. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Um, I think that um, you good? <laughs> I turned it up. I directed it towards my face. <laughs> I meant the volume. I don't the... know which switch does it. You're gonna have phones. Uh, no, stop. I All got right. it. I got it. <laughs> gonna... I said turn up. I said turn it up, and she held it in the air. Um, I. I don't know what you mean. You're far away from me. If just for those listening, sometimes we switch up our uh, setup. And tonight we're on the couch. We're very relaxed, and I think it's making for great content. But I don't know which switched. Full. We're good. Um, here's the thing with the prequel trilogy, you've got a really defined story. You are looking at the rise and uh, inevitable fall of Anakin Skywalker, uh, his courtship of Padme obviously being a main through line of that, him turning to the dark side. But you also have the rise of Palpatine that you're watching simultaneously and how he takes over the Senate. He is the Phantom Menace. He's bringing back the Sith, all of that stuff. And I think there's some, you know, the prequels have a lot of stuff that's a little bit of eye roll territory as well. But I think if you look in the 10, 15, 20 years since the prequel trilogy, all of the stuff with the clones and the clone armies and Django Fett and all of that, like that has become so much part of Star Wars canon even further because of, you know, the animated series of the Clone Wars and Rebels and everything else. So I think it's going to be 10 or 15 years looking back till we really know what the overall impact of story of the sequel trilogy is. On paper right now, I enjoy the story of Rey and Kylo Ren 
but everything else in those three movies kind of falls by the wayside for all the reasons that Jake just articulated. It just doesn't seem like they knew what they were doing with Finn or knew what they were doing with Poe Dameron or really with Luke or Leia. Like they had a pretty definitive plan with Han Solo. Uh, but, uh, you know, Finn, um, was played by John Boyega. He's been very critical of Disney lately. He came out and said that Ray and Kylo Ren were given all the nuance and all of the other characters in that movie were kind of left static, static and in the wind. And like, that's the actor from the movie saying that that's not me saying it. So, uh, so we'll, we'll probably have some good distinct. Daisy Ridley's even come out and said that she, her character was like, it was not defined early on. There was a lot of question. Oh man, I'm getting so upset. All right, let's move on. How much we love Star Wars tonight. Uh, well, I, I called Jake yesterday. I was watching Rise of Skywalker, and I, and, I, and I said, you know the problem with this movie? And Jake went, nope, I'm not, I don't have 45 minutes <laughs> you, right now. You guys condensed it to like a two-minute conversation. You're like, I don't have 45 to spend I don't got it. 45. Um, okay, Brian Bender. I actually missed all of the politics in the sequel trilogy because I really needed to know what the fuck was going on in the galaxy 30 years after Jedi in The Force Awakens. Um, Jake, you want to start with that one? Yeah, sure. That's a hot take. Cause who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> I completely disagree. I don't care with about you. the politics of star Wars. I just want to watch star star Wars. No, Get I that shit out of my face. I disagree. I, I would like to know. We don't, we still don't know how the first order became the first order. I want to know. What- I, I guarantee, guarantee you all of that shit is lined out in a ton, ton of fucking books. And do you know why they're in the books and not the movies? Boring. Nobody cares. All right. Abigail? Oh, I, have to, I have to say I don't like side with this. It doesn't... It It's just not the thing I wonder about. I care about... um the family line and that's kind of it like the characters well i want to know about the trade routes and why they're blocked <laughs> that's what i want to know about <laughs> it's, it's the least interesting thing. i want to like, know what Sy- syphodius is doing exactly that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh joe gagliano says the clone wars series cemented revenge of the sith as the best star wars movie by far i don't think either any of us are going to be able to comment too much on this one it's too hot to handle um i don't I mean, I, I haven't watched Clone Wars. I've, I've seen some of it, but and I know that it added a lot of nuance and character depth to Anakin and Obi Wan and all of that. Um, but I can't. I don't think it, I'm going to speak for us. We can't really comment on this. Mm-mm. Do you agree? With I've that? been advised not to comment on this <laughs> by Craig. <laughs> Nobody commented. Well, real quick, Jake, what are your thoughts on Revenge of the Sith in general? I like Revenge of the Sith. Um, I think it's got a lot of really fun, good stuff in it. And I mean, it's like, I don't know. That was that you, I think that's probably my favorite of the prequel trilogy. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I always think that then I watch it and I don't love it. So I don't know. Uh, Daniel Peck. Yeah, but that's that's all. Wait, say it again. You cut out. I was just saying like, that's like the general feel for all three of them. You think you think you like it and then you watch it and you're like, Oh, right. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Daniel Peckham says, not only will we get to see Ahsoka Tana in the Mandalorian, but we'll get to see Sabine Wren and Bo-Katan by the end of season two. And either Brian Cranston, Bob Odenkirk or Jonathan Banks will cameo as a former associate of, okay. No, I don't know. There's not going to be breaking bad references in the Mandalorian. We might see some of those characters. I, want Bob, I think I've said Bob Odenkirk before. <laughs> for, just for anything, I submit his I'd watch presence. Bob Odenkirk as a, uh, I don't know, like an Imperial general. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who's been kicked out of the Empire. Uh, okay, Jamil Payne, he's back with another one. Star Wars is no longer special, especially with kids. Marvel is now the top of the hierarchy and will be the most influential pop culture property for at least a couple of decades. Jake, start us off. Wait, re- re- hold on. Read that one more time. Star Wars is no longer special, especially with kids. Marvel is now the top of the hierarchy and will be the most influential pop culture property for at least a couple of decades. I mean, I hate that. I hate that because I hate that because it feels true. That's I was going to say. I kind of agree. Star Star Wars definitely doesn't feel as special anymore. And I think part of that is a little bit of an oversaturation in the last, uh, you know, whatever, however many years. And also a little, I don't want to say like, there's definitely been a couple uh, hit and misses with Star Wars and that will hurt it. And the fact that Marvel has gotten so huge and, you know, so like eventful for every one of those films. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe right now, currently Marvel is kind of in the lead there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the average, I don't like that. Though. No, I don't like it either, but I'm sure the average for the average kid, Avengers was a much bigger deal than rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Was. There's more appealing, relatable characters and like the actors themselves, like Chadwick Boseman or like Brie Larson, like standing out and being he like hugely influential in regular life. But here's as the well difference. As on screen, here's the difference. Has you guys, more of an impact. You guys ready for this? When Star Wars is on fire, it's unbeatable because Mandalorian is like. When Dave Filoni's doing it, yes. No, but what I'm saying is like, Baby Yoda, Baby the Child Yoda. That's what I call him. That is way. That is a cultural phenomenon people who don't know anything about star wars know about baby yoda and that doesn't happen with marvel so there you go i, I said it no baby groot groot <sighs> you're right baby yoda's a ripoff <laughs> marvel rules maybe yeah, all right next Kylo, uh, this is Ashley James Musovic. Kylo Ren is really Luke and Leia's secret love child. And that's why he's so messed up. All right. That's fun. God, let's hope not. Cool. Um, Jim Mariotto, <laughs> sc- screw the Skywalkers. I just want to know if the diner alien from the prequel still owns the diner. Dex's diner? Mm-hmm. Oh, who knows? Well, maybe we'll find out someday. Maybe he'll get his own series. Adam Chris Better, it cr- Star Wars created modern day pop culture from blockbuster franchises to toys and action figures. That's not a hot take. That's just kind of the truth. Fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake, when we, when we did this thread, I remember you called me and you're like, most of that is not hot takes, but it's fine. It's hard to kind of define what uh, the definition of a hot take is. It is an opinion that is immediately polarizing to a certain group. Not, Right. It's a, it's a, it's an opinion that maybe is not shared by the majority. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and interject the first YHS mm-hmm. hot take of the episode. You guys ready? Okay. Here's mine. My star Wars hot take is that when it comes to Alec Guinness portraying Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's, he's fine. He's not that great. 
All right. That, <laughs> that is a hot take. And I've looked at the definition. It's a piece of commentary typically produced quickly in response to a recent event whose primary purpose is to attract attention. <laughs> a, re- a recent, recent event. event. So technically. A new hope. These are cold hot takes. Um, What do you guys think of my Al Guinness hot take? He's okay. Well, you know, like. I think that is a hot take because a lot of people really, really latch on to that performance and Alec Guinness. And he was, you know, such a, uh, you know, a big respected actor at the time, but also like, um, Ewan McGregor's really, really great. And we have spent more time with Ewan McGregor's version of Obi-Wan on. Right. So I, I think though, I think though that is a hot take. I, I think I would maybe agree with it. Oh God, we are officially the biggest anti-Alec Guinness podcast in the world. Boo. Um. Okay. Are we going to be interspersing uh, our hot takes? Yeah. Do you want to drop one of yours? Sure. All right. Abigail's first hot take. Go. This is my fifth hot take. Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure is a better made movie than Solo. <laughs> a more enjoyable movie than Solo, I'll say. Better acted. We are totally in the minority. Everybody loves Solo except for the three except people who host this podcast. I had to say it. It's part of us. It's part of my narrative. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think I think Solo is the worst Star Wars movie out of every Star Wars movie. Uh, oh yeah, my God, I, I love literally, it. Literally, I totally. Our own. That's actually a hot take. Uh, Jake, do you want to drop a a hot take before we move on? I'll drop a little hot take. Let me see what I got. <laughs> I don't have a whole. I don't. Dr- I don't drop, a drop a little hot take. Here, um, I'll have a hot take. Uh, you know, you, you know the sh- the guy who was the uh, you know Timothy um, Oliphant's mm-hmm. character from the Mandalorian. Yes, mm-hmm. he played. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Cobb Van. Name the Marshall Cobb Van. He's a better Boba Fett than Boba Fett. <laughs> That's fair. I agree. Agreed. <laughs> oh my god! Every time I hear Cobb Vance, I think of Bob Vance from. <laughs> The Office. Yes. Okay. Oh, who was also a better Boba Fett? <laughs> um, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm not as anti Boba. That's 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 a new. Uh, yes, have some shirt. Better Boba Fett than Boba Fett. Yes. <laughs> Jake, what's your what's your uh, beef with Boba Fett? Br- bring bring the heat. He just he just sucks. He's not very like I just it. The thing the the annoyance with Boba Fett is mainly with how many people think that he's the greatest character in all of Star Wars when he doesn't do anything. He, you know, he has just like a couple lines. Yeah, sure, he looks cool. But with what, and, and you know what? Maybe in Mandalorian they're bringing him into it and, and maybe they're going to try to flesh him out some. But in the movies that Boba Fett is in, he stands there and then he gets killed accidentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Han Solo Solo accidentally kills Boba Fett. Sure, he's not dead. We know that now. But he he just has like such a small amount of screen time. He doesn't do anything cool in any of the movies. But people act like he's the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it is annoying because I'm like, I just don't get it. He sucks. There you have it. I agree. I remember having a roommate that had a cardboard cutout standy of Boba Fett. When he moved in, he's like, this is going to be in the living room. <laughs> this is a big deal. I was like, this is a big deal. <laughs> Hi, I've got a cardboard cutout, and I want to let you know it's a big deal. <laughs> 
I, I agree with Jake. I think that I literally number two on my hot take list is Boba Fett is boring. Hey, come on. I'm not ready for that. It's just, well, why would I say it at this point? It's already been said. You're right. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Brock Parker, friend of the podcast. It was okay for Lucas to create the special editions and add things to the original trilogy because his vision was too far ahead of the technology. Um, we do ooh. that one, one more time. Uh, it was okay for George Lucas to create the special editions, 1997, if everybody remembers, mm-hmm. uh, and add the, uh, yeah. you know, updated visual effects, uh, et cetera, yeah. uh, because his original vision was too far ahead of the technology. I mean, that's what all the trailer things, the videos, because I watch the special editions all the time and they have a package that plays out before that word. That's exactly what George Lucas says is like, we wanted to have Size Noodles be like more interactive and less of a puppet. So yeah, he's like, he's like, well, when we originally uh, did Star Wars, so Size Noodles just stood there like a fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of controversy about that because there were like six people or more operate or I don't know how many. Uh, There was people operating. That's a. I'll get to my hot take at some point, but okay. I have one that relates to that. Uh, Jake, what do you think about this take? Uh, so I definitely think, so the way that it's worded that it, him saying that it's okay that George Lucas did that. Sure. It is okay because star Wars is George Lucas's thing. And if that's what he, you know, decided he wanted to do, then that's what he decided he wanted to do. And like, it's not really on us to be like, well, he shouldn't have done that. It's not Star Wars doesn't belong to us, you know. I mean, I mean, in a way, it does, but it does. But Ghostbusters right? does. But <laughs> also, but but also, every decision he made in the in those is awful. Like they're they're really bad. It, it, it he it really really dumbs down the product. And I know, like Abby, I know you like the special editions and you like some of the stuff that's in those, but it really really dumbs down the like markmanship and the work and it really cheapens some like really, really good looking stuff, you know, and it, and it just looks like that CGI, you know, that the, the prequel era CGI that is just kind of slapped into the, you know, those special editions. It just, it's so laughably bad mm-hmm. that it's almost like embarrassing to be like, these are, these are, like it's embarrassing to say, oh, this is my favorite movie with that shit in it. It's just weird. So, yeah. if sure, this- it's okay. It's his movie, but it's the stupidest decision possible. Um, I do no, no. I was gonna say I see that it. I agree that it almost it does take away from like practical effects and stuff that were was put into the movie originally. Um, and that it's. But I really like the song. I think that's what it is. I think it's just a catchy song, and that's what There's, I, I so, really most get into. Jay, I agree. Like, is it okay that he did it? Sure. It's his It's his thing, right? If I wanted to go back and episode one of Yes, Have Some Podcasts and make it good, I would. <laughs> but I don't care because uh, it was good. It was fucking perfect. Right. It changes the tone. Well, if we're talking specifically about that scene in Jabba's Palace, it takes the tone from being a, more terror or more like, wow, this is like a you know, kind of a mob scene versus really silly and goofy sing-along musical moment. Do you guys like how I just compared? Well, it does that to the, it does that to the whole thing, but it, it gives that kind of feel to the whole movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of like, you know, and, the, and there's stuff in there. Like, you know, when, when he adds, he adds that scene with Han talking to Jabba. Yes. And it's like this really weird. It's unforgettable. CGI Jabba. His hand goes into his like chest. That conversation is like, 
Yeah, but that conversation is now in that movie like twice because like it was cut because it's like all the exact same stuff he was saying with like Greedo. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's just in here twice now. It's just like in here twice and now one time it's with a really weird looking job of the hut. I think the the criticism like I... that stuff isn't in there. That stuff's in there for no it's in there just because he had it. And he's like, let's put this in there. The criticism I would leverage is that the special editions were made kind of in the early days of the, the digital, you know, revolution. Obviously it started in the late eighties, early nineties and improved. Uh, but you know, they were doing the fully realized digital characters uh, for the first time in, in some of these instances. And yeah, it just, it, they didn't have, he didn't have the foresight to say, Hey, in five years, this is going to look dated, dated, you know, already. And like, it doesn't, I don't know if the early days of digital ever have the charm of like early practical effects. Cause even if something kind of looks not great, like, you know, when you watch ghostbusters and no, the terror dog, uh, the, the claymation terror dog or the stop motion terror dog, like it doesn't look great, but there's a a little bit of a charm to it. Yeah. I just, I'm never going to get that from that job of the hut scene. Yeah. But here, here's the thing as well. I, I, I like that argument and I and I am the first person to ever say that practical is always going to look better than CGI. Um but you can't have an you can't have an argument like that without talking about Jurassic Park. And I I know that there still is a big difference between the CGI and the practical in that film. But there's a lot of CGI in that movie that holds up pretty well. Oh, it's incredible. I mean Jurassic Park, yeah. and I mean it was made in nineteen. It was made in nineteen ninety three, so it's like it's it's because the know, stuff man. added there's, there's into stuff. Some... Like when you look at in Star Wars, when they added the extra banthas and stuff, like mm. it just looks out of place because it wasn't there originally. It was exactly. never there. It just never it's, feels. It's good. almost defacing it's a piece not, of art. And it's that, oh, Abby, that's exactly what it is. That's He's what I'm yeah, a piece I, of art. That's what and, I felt like you're getting. I mean, at. He can do that because it's his, but. But Craig, like the reason that stuff stands out is because it feels like there was no care given to try to make it match. That's the problem. Right. Where they didn't even have the capabilities technology wise to make it not so flat. You know, they they were so worried and consumed with whether or not they could do it. it. They could add dobacks to the scene. Oh yeah, the dobacks, not the banthas. Oh, I think they add banthas and dobacks. Banthas and dobacks. Cool. Um, cool. Good discussion. Ray Cameron. He says the holiday special isn't that bad. Now, it's been a very long time since I've watched it. I was going to propose we do like a, a watch along all together this season. Of the holiday yeah. special? I've never seen it. It's, I have tried to watch it. I've gotten like 20 minutes in and it gets very painful. <laughs> but I'd like to attempt it. I, I definitely. I've never seen it. I've never seen it because I know at one point we were going to maybe watch it and try to do a an episode for it. So I just wait. We just I think we did. should. We'll do a Patreon. Uh, yeah, it. I think a Patreon would be good, even if it's just like the first ten minutes, because that's all we could handle. <laughs> okay, Clayton Whitehurst. We're watching it. We're watching. It. We're watching the we're whole damn thing. Good. Thank you, Jake. That's what we needed. Uh, Clayton Whitehurst says Empire Strikes Back is the weakest of the original trilogy. Now this Whoa. is a hot out take. Uh, Abigail. I completely disagree. Like, I know that we've just been raving about, uh, Return of the Jedi, but Empire's by far the superior. I think it's the best of... What? Wait. You... I'll be skipping you. Why? Because I just said all the stuff about... Okay, but, like, from a... 
filmmaking standpoint and like I, I feel like it's a more solid movie. Okay. Then what? The, the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you disagree? I feel like that's kind of a widely held opinion. I mean, I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. I can tell you are. <laughs> like we just kind of told, I mean, we liked the original, the unedited, non-special edition, the unsullied version of Return of the Jedi a lot. The unsullied. But I think that... Is that what she was trying to save all those dragons for? Yeah. Uh, real quick, Jake, what do you think I don't about- want to get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> You're not going to get removed. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Jake... Well, I want to hear you guys fight about this. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing. Abigail, you're right. It's uh Empire. I think that if you ask the average Star Wars fan what's their favorite of the yeah. original, they say Empire. Yeah. It's like saying it's like loving Ghostbusters too, but knowing that Ghostbusters is the best of all. That's of interesting. Films. Okay, that's a good point. So it's like you can love Return of the Jedi more and acknowledge that Empire is actually the better film. Perhaps you've seen it more and it holds a place in your heart that the original doesn't, but you know the original superior in Damn. quality. By the way, nobody's talking about A New Hope. It's <laughs> a good movie too. <laughs> Jake, what do you think of this take? Yeah, um, I don't think I agree with it. Because, because I mean, we, we literally just talked about how me and Craig, Craig we, we literally just talked about how we think Return of the Jedi is the best in the in the trilogy. Um, I I used to. I well, used hold to on think, though. His take uh, is that Empire Strikes Back. No, his take is that Empire is the what? weakest. I don't think it's the weakest. Oh, it's that Empire is the weakest. Yeah, that's why I said I disagreed. Yeah. I, well, you know what? I mean, I would maybe I would maybe agree with that because it, first of all, saying that one of those movies is the weakest, it's like that doesn't. All three movies are are fantastic. Exactly. All it's like trying to find if I'm in the radio station I with those two other fans. So saying, it's like finding the the wow. weakest Red Hot Chili Peppers fan of wow. the three of us. Thank you. <laughs> so so saying that one of them has to be the weakest doesn't mean that that's a bad movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I would maybe agree that used to be my favorite. Like Empire Strikes Back used to be my favorite. But I feel like there is so much more iconic things in A New Hope and uh, Return of the Jedi. And those two films, mm. I gravitate towards more than the movie where the villains kind of win in my older age. And I and I think that I could agree that it's the weakest, but I don't like using that term because it's not weak. It's, you know, if I had to rank the three of them, if I had to rank three masterpieces, maybe it would be the third. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I think there's merit in being able to say that Empire is my least favorite of the three, but it might be the most well-made movie because it is a like it is an awesome, awesome movie. There's so much iconic stuff, the Hoth battle and like Dagobah mm-hmm. and like you know the entire all the Bespin stuff, uh, Cloud City. I'm just oof, so good. Having yeah. said that, it's the weakest. <laughs> it's not. It's not the one that I gravitate to first, like Jake. Right. I agree. I don't know, man. Princess Leia wearing that Old Navy puffy vest? Sign me up. Um, Patrick Davis says, oh boy, here we go. Everybody, let's take a little break before we get into this one. No, I'm just kidding. It's It's about to get hot. Patrick Davis says, The Last Jedi is the best of the sequels and second best over the course of all nine of the Skywalker saga. Uh, (laughs) I'm not done. Abrams was a great choice for The Force Awakens, but the worst choice for Rise of Skywalker. 
Just like people look back now at the prequels with a greater sense of respect and enjoyment, so too will people at the sequel trilogy in 20 years. There's a lot to love from all sources of Star Wars. Oh, this goes on for a while. Uh, Rose Tico was a good character that should not have been stuffed in the... <laughs> Jake should not have been stuck in the back for Rise of Skywalker because a bunch of whiny... Uh, set a horrible precedent. Um... KMT has a lot of heart and is a huge fan. She was absolutely wronged by the fans and by Disney. Okay, so before we have this discussion, yes, whether or not you like Rose or not as a character in The Last Jedi, whether or not you like The Last Jedi, similar to Leslie Jones in Ghostbusters Answer the Call, there is no room for toxic bullshit fan racist backlash. It does not. It it just can't. It it really does suck that, and Jake, you mentioned this earlier, that they made decisions going forward with Rise of Skywalker specifically because of fan backlash. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest, it sucks. We know it sucks. Having said that, Jake, I want you to talk about The Last Jedi now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's definitely a hot take. And um, w- while I do agree that maybe... 10 years from now, people will look at the sequel trilogy in a better light. I agree with that part. Um, I disagree with a lot of the rest of this hot take. Um, Last Jedi is, I feel weird because it's got some great, uh, we I've gone on record and said that, listen, the last Jedi has one of my favorite moments in all of star Wars history inside of it. Yes, and it's the moment. Take that out of it. It's it, one of the worst. <laughs> take that out of it. It's one of the worst fucking movies I've seen, and I and I hate it. Otherwise, you know what's interesting? Um, by the way, I, I'll I never completely. Go ahead. I just want to say that this is not when we all saw the Last Jedi. Jake, you called me that night and said, "Didn't love that Star Wars movie." That is a quote, immediate quote. So you are standing strong with your initial feelings. I did not like it from the get go, man. And it's because it was really, really apparent. Like we we've had this conversation a million times. It's really, really apparent in that movie that, um, the director wanted to like flip everything on its head and be like, star Wars doesn't have to be what we think it's going to be. We can, let's do this. Let's break all these, you know, cliches. And I'm like, it's too late in the game. You know, nine movies, Nine movie trilogy, we're on movie eight, and then you just decide you want to throw away everything that the last director did to set up the last trilogy. That is not only like that is not only like embarrassing, disrespectful. That is the like that dude, fuck that dude. Like that is all bullshit. Like, yeah, you wanted to make your own movie and make your mark, but you literally ruined he literally ruined a nine nine movie arc. Just be like mm. Because you know what I mean, and it's like, sure, there are some people that should have not let that let that happen, but fuck Ryan Johnson, fuck that movie, it ruined the sequel trilogy. By the way, I meant to, I didn't. Um, Ryan Johnson was the one who gave this hot take in group therapy. <laughs> I forgot Ryan Johnson was in group for, therapy. No, uh, it was. Uh, and also, like Patrick Davis, you know, also like the the whole Rose Rose thing, like the character just wasn't great and not, you know, it was kind of thrown in to a movie that already had enough characters. They threw her in there, didn't really have anything for her to do. And like, what is JJ Abrams supposed to do when he gets to the third movie of a nine movie trilogy? And he's like, got to wrap up not only the, the, the storylines that are already happening. He's like, okay, well now I got to 
like fucking wrap up random storylines that Ryan Johnson just threw in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that's right. a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work. Right. And uh, the the character of Rose, like, I don't know, man. It just it wasn't it. What to me that was none of that was yeah. great or compelling it's... or not what I needed to see in the fucking you know finale of star Wars. There's a really funny moment in the rise of Skywalker. Abby and I were cracking up and we've acknowledged it before, but it's when they're like getting ready to go on the mission to, uh, to find the wayfinder. And, uh, and, and Finn goes up to Rose and was like, Rose, you coming with us? And she's like, nah, just going to hang back here. And he's and like, it- good. You stay out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminds me like the way that it was that the sequel trilogies were handed out passed out to different directors like that it reminds me of and just give me a moment to explain this example top chef if anyone watches that when there's a competition and there's a meal that is like a pass between chefs like where one chef has to start the preparation and sets ingredients out then another chef comes in to take over it always gets really complicated and difficult because you don't know what that vision was you don't know why this ingredient is here and sometimes those things get left over or poorly treated which i think is what happened with Rose and I don't think that Ryan Johnson's vision was the worst thing ever, but I think the attitude of trying to flip things on their head, like Jake's saying late in the game, once the precedent that's has already good. been set, you like yeah. my shit, my top chef. That's, um, a, that's a good analogy. Hey, I, I have a hot take here. All right, let's do it. Yeah. My hot take is that people who think, uh, the last Jedi is the best star Wars movie are not star Wars fans. <laughs> Well, he said second best. All right. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, there are four or five scenes or moments in the last Jedi that I think are some of the best moments in all of star Wars. Um, there, you know, the Yoda Luke scene, four or five is pushing it. The Yoda Luke (laughs) scene. Uh, hold on. The Yoda. I'm going to keep saying it. The Yoda Luke scene. (laughs) Uh, dude, was that a Yoda laugh? Yes. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Master Yoda, the ancient Jedi texts were in there. Okay. Uh, the throne don't room. Don't worry, they don't matter at all. The throne room uh, lightsaber duel. I have no issues in that movie with anything that happens between Luke and Ray, and even Kylo Ren and Ray. I'm all aboard. My the travesty of that movie is what they did with Finn after the setup of the Force Awakens. And where they tried to go with it in Rise of Skywalker, like you could have had another really cool character developing. Mm-hmm. Like the Force, Force Awakens circles and focuses on Rey and Finn. Like Finn is big so, time. You see him leaving his uh, his the the group that he was raised in, yeah, and like a, making moral decisions and like having ethical like quandaries yeah. and all that. So anyways, there's, there's some really good stuff in the last Jedi. Um, and by, I think rise of Skywalker, I'll, I'll never even really be able to give it a fair value. Cause I don't know. It feels like, uh, like a bunch of paper was ripped up and they're trying to tape it and glue it back together and try to trick you into thinking this is, this is the way it always was. And it's, cl- fault that it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's put some more frosting on butter on it. it. Well, it's Ryan Johnson, but it's also, it really falls on, on, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy because they're the ones who made these decisions. Um, but anyways, we could talk about that all day. Uh, Last Jedi. <sighs> we could talk about all that, that all day, but why not talk about Mandalorian and how good that show? I mean, I think, oh my God, if they would have just teased the Emperor at some point in The Last Jedi, it would have made the the ninth movie made so much more mm-hmm. sense. But okay, anyways. What's the term? Shoehorn? Yeah. yeah. 
Dr. Shoehorn. That's what uh, that movie is. Here's the thing. It's fine. I can make an argument that I like Last Jedi more than Rise of Skywalker, but well, that's my other hot take. But I don't think it's that hot because there's good and bad on both. Okay, moving on. Justin Summers says, Star Wars is overrated. I'm not saying they suck. I'm just saying they're okay. I've seen them all and I think they're overhyped by fans at the same time Star Wars fans can be the worst. Uh, I agree with that last part. <laughs> Star Wars fans <laughs> can be the worst. That's really not a hot take. That's kind of like a cool take. I don't know. We'll, we'll skim through here. Um, do we think Star Wars is overrated? I don't. I don't think so either. I mean, like maybe there are some parts of it that feel overrated or something, but it's like, if I don't know, man, I don't think you can call something overrated if it's as popular as like Mm -hmm. star Wars is very, very, very popular amongst maybe, I don't know, just like the majority of people on the planet, you know? And even if somebody's not a diehard star Wars fan, a lot of people are still like, Oh fuck yeah. Star Wars, you know? So and the fact that there's a lot of it happening right now and, you know, kind of just has been for a long time. How is how can it be overrated if it's that popular? Right. If it was some I don't know. I don't. That's a weird. No, I don't. I don't agree. OK, I think it's got enough magic in it, like in the original trilogy that when you go like I didn't get into Star Wars until I was in my early 20s and didn't really watch all like in full the movies. Um, and it was very much like watching magical moments. Like it, it was like, this has got something very special in it, which stuck with me obviously. And I continued getting do, more do and you, more into do it. You, do you, do um, you like it? I think I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's overrated. Uh, no. Aaron Kane. Oh, he told, he stole your, uh, he, uh, hot take, Abby. He said, "Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. The Ewok movies are better than Rise of Skywalker." Oh, he said Sky. I said Solo. Okay. Damn it, that's funny. Uh, Rich Green says every trilogy should have their own Christmas special. Um, okay, that's fine with me. Yes. Jake, did you see the trailer for the new Lego Christmas special? Star I Wars? did. It looks fun. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. It does look fun. Um, Kevin Griffin, Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars film to date. Uh, we already covered that. I think we all agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Knowles, the Star Wars universe is at its worst when it's trying to be science fiction. Leave science fiction to Star Trek. It's at its best when it's a Western or a samurai tale. Yeah, that's very wise. I completely agree with that. All right. He's a teacher. Okay. Okay, Smart. Uh, Jake, what do you think of that? I think it could maybe, I think it could maybe be a a bit of both. Um, I, I, I agree to what he says to an extent, but I don't think it needs to lean a hundred percent one way or the other. I think they can just make it work, you know, like it's, it, I see what he's saying. And, and, and the, and the sci-fi just kind of comes as like a secondary, you know, sci-fi is, is because like, Oh, it's in space. So it's going to be sci-fi. I definitely see how like Mandalorian has got more of like a samurai, you know, lone wolf and cub kind of thing. And it seems to be working out better for Mandalorian than anything else. So he's got, a, he's got a point. Um, Evan Todd says Timothy Oliphant really took me out of that episode of Mandalorian he was just playing the same character as all all of his shows Um, yeah I agree he was kind of leaning into the old uh, you know Marshall obviously or kind of lone gunman kind of thing but uh, I I love that guy I I was fine with it yeah it didn't take me out I think he was chosen specifically because he is like the quintessential sheriff (laughs) Marshall guy yeah Hmm. He's really good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um, Eon 
Eon. Ian Bond says Rogue One is awful and completely messes up how it leads into A New Hope. They should do a sequel to The Last Jedi someday. Shame that hasn't happened yet. Uh, we, we'll, we'll skip over The Last Jedi stuff. We just covered it. Um, Jake, what's your opinion of Rogue One? My opinion is that Rogue One is one of the best modern Star Wars movies that we have. Um, I think it's, I think it's kind of an important piece of Star Wars uh, history because not only does it show us, you know, a cool little uh, piece of piece of history that happened that we didn't get in the in the original films, but also it shows us. I think the route that more Star Wars movies should be taking is that we don't need every single Star Wars movie to be a trilogy setting up 10 characters to find out how they live happily ever after. I think more Star Wars movies should be one-offs where it's like a mission is happening. This is how it happens. Here's like, give us all brand new characters. They don't all have to die at the end of every movie, but I, I, I think the format of rogue one really, really works. And I think that movie was really great. Um, uh, and I think your hot takes wrong. Okay. Abigail rogue one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was like similar to what Jake said. Like it had, it followed some more of the, the formula, like standard formula from star Wars. And although none of those characters reoccurred, obviously, cause they, gone at the end of the movie um sorry spoilers but hot take hot take they're they were much better characters i think superior than some of the characters that we got in the sequel trilogy and um yeah and it's kind of cassian, cassian Ca- andor is getting his own disney plus series yeah something- CG, cgi leia was awful oh i think they yes i think they could have did a better i think they could have either made that cgi look better or they could have casted a double or maybe just not shown her face they mm-hmm. that could have been handled a little better i i did not like how it was like this really really great movie and then the last thing you see is like a really bad cgi leia but other than that i like rogue one a lot and yeah. I, I just i wish one of my hot takes was gonna be that you know wherever star wars goes from here it needs to be less giant saga stuff and more contained films Mm one-offs on their own yeah i i agree and i think the stuff in rogue one also you got to kind of grow up with Jyn erso like seeing her flashbacks of childhood and i think that enriched a lot of the movie and made those characters better man i haven't watched rogue one in a long time i had to throw that one on tonight (laughs) yeah i like that movie good movie um Cool. Moving on. Uh, there's some more last Jedi talk. Uh, and we do appreciate everybody bringing up their hot takes. Uh, but we did cover that pretty, the last Jedi is brilliant. Rise of Skywalker while entertaining suffers for not building on some of the interesting elements presented. It kind of, it's kind of an interesting thought. You know, we know Colin Trevorrow had a script that was tossed. Would it have been better off to just build on what was presented in last Jedi or did it ultimately would, is it, is it basically worse that they ended up retconning a lot of that stuff or it just, it just feels so uneven. The end of that, that trilogy just feels like all the Ray Is, stuff well, that tacked that's on, a, you know, that's a, that's a tough question. And I, I understand the thought of they should have just ran with it, but then you have to think you're, you, I'm, I'm of two minds of that because it's like, okay, maybe it could have made the last Jedi or maybe it could have made a, Rise of Skywalker a little more cohesive if they didn't do all that kind of retconning and all that. But then also, this is the last film to this is the last film in the Skywalker saga. Do I want 
Star Wars to 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 be doing what it is for eight movies and then just let them fucking go with that at the very end. I don't want that either. You know what I mean? Like all that weird let's flip everything on its head right here at the very end. That's not what I want either. So it's like it, it's a it's kind of a lose lose situation. Yeah. All I know is that episode nine should have been split into two movies. End the first one with Ray finding out she's a Palpatine. Yes. And wait a Let year. Let that sink in. It 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 just it felt rushed. It just felt rushed. Yeah, that's. I think my the feeling I have it was a lot of dope unearned moments, like a lot yeah. of really cool shit that you really wish you'd gotten some more backstory on and some more building, um, instead of it just being tacked on at the very end, like right. just kind of smashed in. Like there. the scene where where, they, where Lando you know, goes and gets everybody and shows up. And like, there's the scene where Poe Dameron thinks they're going to die. And then Lando shows up with the Calvary. It's basically like the same scene as uh, Avengers Endgame on the, on your left scene. The difference is the, on your left scene makes me cry like a little baby. And this makes me just not, I just don't care. You're like, I see what you're doing. I see that you're trying to, that's because the, on your left scene is you getting to see all your heroes and these like really cool hero shots. But in Star Wars, it's like, Oh cool. A bunch of nobodies in spaceships showed up. (laughs) People that we we just met versus people we've been watching in like 20 plus movies. Oh cool. Zori bliss is here. I agree. It should have been split into two films that would have solved a lot of problems. I don't know what, I don't know how easy it is, you know, for them to just last minute be like, Hey, fuck it. We're going to turn this into two movies. I'm sure there's a lot of technical shit and contracts and whatever, but would have played out better. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got a bunch more. We're going to try to get through these here, guys. Um, Wesley Boutier, sorry if I screwed up your name because I know for a fact I did. Uh, he says, I'm starting to think Mandalorian might be the best Star Wars has ever been. The original trilogy was the blueprint. I feel like Mandalorian is perfecting it. Um, I, pr- I think it's too early to tell. I think so far there's been 10 episodes and they're like 10 for 10. Um, but we've all saw Game of Thrones and what happened there. So I think so far, so good. Jake, any uh, opinion? I, I, I 100% agree with what you just said. All right. Yeah. Good. I agree. Uh, but but Mandalorian's amazing. Like it it's is. just incredible. Um, Owen Triolo, friend of the podcast, love that guy. I helped him with a college uh, project. Hey, look at me. I'm helping college. Hey, you get credit on that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I hope you, you do, a- Owen. I hope you. I hope you called the professor and was like, "I just want to let you know that like I helped with Owen's project." <laughs> Yo, if he gets how, an, how do we do? How can I give that transfer to some of my credits? Um, <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special was the greatest Star Wars thing ever made. Okay, Owen, we know you're being facetious. But he says we can't change his mind. Michael Maxwell says Goonie Tay is hot garbage, and the Ewok movie didn't deserve it. Pfft, Abby, what? <laughs> Moving on. The, the <laughs> okay, Lee F W. Phantom Menace is up there with A New Hope. Attack of the Clones has the most interesting ideas and concepts in the entire saga. Revenge of the Sith is a movie, I guess. Um, those are hot takes. Listen, I like I like the prequels, but I can't put in good faith put them up there with a new hope on any level. I don't know if you guys disagree. I don't know. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Peckham, as much as I enjoy Firefly, the season two opener of Mandalorian was a better space Western than the adventures of Maul. I, I've never watched Firefly, but Jake, what was better yeah, Firefly or the opening I, of that? Well, I mean, of course it's Mandalorian. I, I I loved Firefly too, but that's you know it it, it 
it, it's a it's a super cult classic and a lot of people really like it and I think it could have done you know a lot of people at the time were like oh this is sort of a Star Warsy type thing but of course the Mandalorian did it better right Ryan Dole says I think a lot of you don't know the difference between a hot take and overused internet fanboy piss and moan um, that's not a hot take <laughs> that's just Ryan that's just Ryan um, um, I never gave my other hot take I guess I'll give it right now. I don't need more Star Wars movies. Just give me shows. Because I've seen the I've already seen the best Star Wars movies. They're not going to make better ones. So give me give me the series. That's my hot take. I agree. Uh, I don't know. I want movies. Yeah, me too. I love movies. Okay. I take it back. We're taking it all back. <laughs> Alicia Alicia Esther Royer says the sequel trilogy is an absolute mess. Who's Alicia? This is like a new name for group therapy. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to group therapy. We like your hot take. Uh, sequel trilogy is an absolute mess. Mandalorian has been the only live action Star Wars worth it since the prequels. Uh, I hope Woo! I hope Filoni and Favreau find a way to retell them using world between worlds on something. Um, yeah, I mean, we I think we are all are in agreement that agreement that the sequel trilogy is uneven at best. Mm-hmm. Um, Flawed. Yeah. And I do believe that Dave Filoni and John Favreau kind of heading Star Wars into the the next yeah, that's generation. Actually, my, one of my hot takes is Dave Filoni should have been in charge of the sequel trilogy, start to finish, uh, keep JJ there, but like have John Favreau on as well, and that is what the sequel trilogy deserved. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Pro- thank you for that, Alicia. Matt Provencal, 4K restorations of the original trilogy should be the only versions that exist, and all special editions should be destroyed. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't support the destruction of media, like you know, album burnings or whatever. Okay. Um, uh, moving on, more more Last Jedi My praise. Are into that. Um, <laughs> more more just more people bashing Last Jedi and praising Last Jedi. A little bit of both. Yeah, I, like, I like that it's polarizing. It gets a reaction. Mark Thomas, by Disney expanding the Star Wars universe, I'm happy to see that we can start seeing genre films. These, This isn't a hot take. I want more genre films in Star Wars, like a revenge tale in the vein of John Wick, kids going on a Goonies-like adventure, etc. Yeah, sure. I think we all want that, but that's not a hot take. Hot take. Nobody in the watches group therapy knows what a hot take is. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Maxwell, Black Series Star Wars toys, are an over I need to play the sad music. I don't want to even read this. Black series Star Wars toys are an overrated money pit, is what he <sighs> says. Can I give my hot take now then? Yeah. My hot take is holiday troopers are essential. Oh, I love those holiday troopers. You can see them on Instagram. Those um, are essential troopers. Uh I, I don't know what to say. He just wants three and three fourth inch figures. Okay. Moving on. Not a hot take. James Norman, Star Wars needs more X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and less Jedi versus Sith. That's interesting. I mean, it is called Star Wars, you know, like... Right. Mm -hmm. uh, You would think... I I definitely see that side. I see... I can understand that perspective. People want to see a little more of the battles. Um, I respect you for that, but... I get bored watching the like that the 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 ship battles is not what I want to see. Right. I want to see more humans or alien. I want to see like interaction. Yeah. I don't 
shooting lasers, you know, in a in a spaceship is not my favorite. But I but I completely understand that. Right, like if in we, Solo <laughs> when they had the like World War One scene where yeah, it's just like Aaron Alden Reagan or Aaron, what's his name Alden. Aaron yeah, God, it's hard. Okay. Who cares? Alden, Alden, Alden. Yeah. Alden, Alden Reich. Um, don't worry. Star Wars has giant spiders now, so everything's fine. <laughs> uh, Brandon Whitmore, while not having a real lightsaber duel, Last Jedi is one of the best action fight scenes involving lightsabers in all 11 films. Uh, I agree. I think the throne room battle with uh, Rey and Kylo Ren is incredible. I think their lightsaber duel on the Death Star in Episode 9 is also incredible, and I wish I could tell my 14-year-old self that there's an Episode 9. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, Joe Gagliano, we've seen Cobb Vanth in the armor formerly known as Boba Fett more than Boba Fett. Uh, Cobb Vanth utilized it better than Boba Fett did on screen. Hey, that that sounds like a pretty recently uh, familiar hot take. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, we're almost done, guys. Stuff about the books, stuff about Solo. Last one. Remember you're talking to YHS here. That's... <laughs> remember well i'll say oliver jones says solo is more enjoyable and better than rise of skywalker not saying much no. but it's saying something um yeah i don't know i don't agree but that's fine lando deserve daniel packet lando deserves his own series just call it the lando chronicles stars donald Glover going on all sorts of adventures of suave and not so suave adventures all narrated by billy d williams this kind of reminds me of my idea and I've talked about this recently, but I, my idea is to have uh, the adventures of Luke and Lando because they reference their adventures in Rise of Skywalker. Every episode starts off at the cantina with Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams, and they start telling a story of one of their adventures, and then it flashes back. Yeah. And you see the younger actors going on their adventure. That could be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a Jake Key type story. Yeah, I like, like Jake Key could write it. Yeah. Duke LaGrange could be there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Star Wars hot takes. What'd you guys think? That Jake Key should write the next Star Wars? I do agree with that. There's some hot takes in there. Yeah. Um, This is a hot and spicy episode. Abigail. Abigail. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Did you, um, do you have any other hot takes before we sign off? No, I think I honestly got them all out. Mm, I think we kind of covered all territory. Covered all of them? Yeah. Uh, Jake, anything else? Yeah, I got one. They should have left Carrie Fisher out of Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I think. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Wait a minute. I think I may have. Um, I think she. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. I said they should have had her pass away in the Last Jedi. Okay. That's what I. She should have been. She should have been the one to do the like Haldo maneuver. I hate that we have A to call it that. Self-sacrificial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Just let that be it. Like you know, I, 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 I respect them trying to like you know, not just kill her off off screen and try to bring her in, but it was distracting and it was weird having, you know, a CG head on a body and her character didn't have much to do. And it just felt weird. Here's what I would have done. Flat, make the rise of Skywalker take place like five years after in the, in the opening, uh, scroll, you acknowledge that princess Leia has passed away. And you can reutilize her footage the same way they did, but make her a force ghost. That way, it's it, there's like a blue glow around her. It's not as awkward. Yeah, I actually, I yeah, I, I could get behind that. I think See, be I thought they were natural. gonna. I thought the coolest thing they could have done is start the movie with Princess slash General Leia Organa's uh, funeral, like an ultimate tribute and celebration to her. But it didn't happen. It got yeah. weird. 
Got real weird. I think, uh, yeah. Got weird real quick. It's a weird situation. It's tricky to begin with, but I, I, in retrospect, think that would have been better to have some closure on screen for the audience. Right. For the people By making the, the way, movie. Early on in Rise of Skywalker, um, the scenes where they're like gathered and planning and they cut to Charlie from Lost and then oh. the music somehow sounds like Dude, Lost. I literally started rewatching Lost that night. I like literally went into season two and like started it because like, I felt so. I was like, this <laughs> in is J. J. Lost. Abrams, it's just like, he's like, yeah, we're going to pull a holdo maneuver. It's like, uh, don't call it that. Um, Okay, great. Hot takes are done. That was fun. Thanks for everybody for contributing. Um, I don't have anything else besides uh, plugging away our, our updates and stuff. Uh, anything else, Abigail and Jake? Uh, nah, it's my birthday nah. next week, so happy birthday, keep Abby! That in mind. Oh, I have one thing. Now we have Secret Santa coming up. Now oh, it's it's closed. Will you make the announcement? I'm that making we the announcement today? right now. <laughs> okay. Secret Santa is closed. If you are signed up for the YHS Group Therapy Secret Santa, thank you very much for uh, participating. Make sure that you get your gifts out soon. Make sure that you have your address listed and your uh, wish list. Now, only one member of Yes Have Some Podcast actually signed up for the secret Santa. And it was me. So I hereby am declaring <laughs> that Jake and Abby are receiving each other <laughs> for secret Santa. <laughs> I'll get you something good, Jake. That, that was my suggestion. Cause I got really upset if this all, you put all that up during the election and like, there was a lot going on. <laughs> was making so many excuses. Yes. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't sign up for it. I wanted to be a part of it. So Jake, we're going to send each other something. Yes. Okay. I believe Abigail likes Return of the Jedi, and I believe Jedi... Jedi. <laughs> you just called Jake Jedi. <laughs> That's fine. Cool. Jedi likes monster things. Okay. Godzilla, things like that. Okay, cool. Um, okay, cool. Well, listen, everybody, if you're not a part of Yes, Have Some Group Therapy, make sure you join us. It is the official Facebook discussion group for Yes, Have Some Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, like I just said. Just search Yes, Have Some Group Therapy. Abby, why don't you tell them about Instagram? Ew, it's so easy to find us on Instagram. Just search for at YHS Podcast, and we post daily toy content. We spent a lot of time setting up a snow-flocked picture today in our backyard. I think that was more fun for us than anybody else. Um, but yeah, our Instagram's great. We put up stories, and uh, you should follow us because we hit 10K which we want to say thank you for yeah, um, to all of our that. followers. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, you can follow all of us on social media. You can find Jacob Walsh, the Jacob Walsh tattoo artist page on Instagram, because we got to make sure that people are getting their tattoos in Valdosta, Georgia from Jacob Walsh mm-hmm. at Jacob Walsh tattoos. Jake, have you done any tattoos this week that you would like to brag about? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, slow that, week so far, but I got a couple good ones coming up. A couple good ones coming up. You can find Jake at Jacob Walsh Tattoos. And uh, listen, find us on YouTube. Make sure you're tuning in on Friday nights at midnight for Midnight Mando. We've had Troy Benjamin joining us from the CrossRip. Lots of good stuff happening. This year is almost over, and then 2021 is coming. We didn't even talk about the new Lego Ecto-1. We'll do that next week. This was a Star Wars episode. This was a Star yeah. Wars episode. Next year will be all Ghostbusters. I got nothing else. I'm ready to decorate our house. We got a Christmas tree today. We did. We did. Not going to brag. Excited. Even though we just did. Um, For Abigail Gardner, (laughs) Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg. Thank you for joining us on Yes, Have Some Podcast. Everybody's homework is go to the dictionary, look up the definition of hot take. (laughs) I love you. I love our audience. I don't know if they like us. I love them too. Uh, All right. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Bye, guys.